0: The blast from our past network.
1: Hydride! Right. right. Hello, oh. Newman. This is so fing <laughs> good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. So run at me now! He's a re gifter! Well, let's start the
0: insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are giving you every episode of Seinfeld back to 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 back as we go through them, re-watching them ourselves because we are two super duper fans who love this stuff and we wanted to, you know...
1: Kind of break down every single episode along the way and share our love of Seinfeld with you guys too. This is this has been so much fun. I love revisiting these episodes and especially uh, this one and, and next week's as well. Um, I have some interesting thoughts on on both of them, but it's been great fun just just rewatching them with like sort of fresh eyes and and really taking in all the Seinfeld glory. Glorious
0: it all is in in the name of Seinfeld. Let's get into episode 7 of season 2, which is entitled The Revenge. This episode aired on April 18th, 1991. And Corey, my, my man, would you please give us the synopsis?
1: Yes, sir. The Revenge. George quits his job in explosive fashion. He immediately regrets his decision, but when his boss won't let him come back to work, Elaine aids as George plots his revenge. Meanwhile, Kramer helps Jerry seek his own revenge on a laundromat employee they suspect stole money from Jerry.
0: All right, all right, all right. So, uh, we we've, yeah, we've got some good, a good A and B storyline going in this one. Uh, and to start off the episode, we have
1: a stand-up about serial killers. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's, that was my first thing that I wrote down. I said, stand-up <laughs> about serial killers. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so he talks about those and mass murders, and he's like, so why do they cover their face when they're arrested? Are they worried? about you know getting that job promotion at work are they worried about their reputation and then he kind of makes Goes into a joke about oh what's what's Johnson doing on the news? I guess he's not right for the job. I I thought it was funny actually, and and I was like okay, you're sort of taking this this you know you're taking this weird abstract thing about serial killers who kill you know kill mass people. It's not a normal everyday like occurrence, but you you extrapolate and take the idea that these people are normal people and how would they I guess react in a in a working environment? I don't know. It was funny. It was it was a little interesting, and a little dark humor, too. You know, smidge. Mm-hmm. A little dash of darkness.
0: Yeah, I like the dark humor, typically. And so this one I thought was a pretty decent one. Uh, anytime Seinfeld gets dark, and rewatching it and really breaking it down now, I've already picked apart more dark humor than I really realized this show had. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm appreciating it more, just as we're going through it, and being like, oh, shit, those are some real dark <laughs> like death humor that they have with some of these uh, jokes. And I'm just like, yeah I'm
1: into it yeah I'm I'm totally with you I didn't realize there was that much when I was younger I think some of the jokes kind of just went over our head a little bit and I know too like a lot of people don't you know we all sort of accept the fact that Jerry's stand up is kind of like a little i don't know maybe a little bit lame you know but when you actually pay attention to it and and listen to it i think as as you know as viewers we might have just uh you know dismissed it for so long but it's fun to actually listen to it and see and pick it apart and see what he says you know i think it's it, it adds yeah. a new layer and there's some there's some gems in there now granted there's a lot of stinkers and we, we've talked about yeah. it <laughs> so far but yeah they're, they're not as bad as everyone sort of you know thinks they are when you think about the show Seinfeld
0: I didn't know there was such a stigma against the stand-up bits like I, I never hated them I never really loved them uh, it is interesting that they get p- completely taken away you know later on in the series but uh, I don't remember I mean no one's ever come up to me and just be like hey Seinfeld sucks! Those stand-up, su- see, uh, the stand-up parts suck in Seinfeld. I've never, never heard that, so I don't know. Maybe you had other people tell you otherwise.
1: No one said that specifically, because if they said that specifically, I'd punch him in the face. Yeah. Because <laughs> Seinfeld does not suck. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Uh, this episode, very interesting
0: at least to me, it starts on a non-Seinfeld char- character. It's a non-rail. We're actually starting on George's boss. Uh, you know, George walks in very quickly, but it is just, to me, it's just like, whoa, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, obviously, I knew because I've seen this a hundred times, but it is just kind of interesting that they start on someone else, someone else's voice, someone else's face, then one of, like, the Seinfeld four. That's
1: that's interesting. I, I, I mean, I noticed it, but I didn't really sort of put that correlation together. And, you know, we'll do our full review later, but this episode always feels a little odd to me, and m- mm-hmm. maybe that's why. Maybe it starts... Starts off on such a a weird footing. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, you're right. That is, it's a little bit odd, especially for the formula of this show.
0: Yeah, um, George ends up barging in, and he just lets his boss fucking have it. So you know he's quitting. Uh, he's just kind of you know call him in, calling him an idiot and saying whatever. He's he's you know, throwing down everything, every the way that everybody wishes they could quit. George just quits that way.
1: Oh man, and it is absolutely spectacular. I mm-hmm. love the trashing that he did to his his boss. Every complete fantasy fulfillment. We all want to do that. That's that. This scene was completely relatable. Now, granted, most of us have not said all those things to our boss, but we've all thought it. You know, uh, and kind of re, kind of just
0: knowing what we've watched already so far, this is obviously the real estate job that George has had before. You know, we we kind of, we see roller coasters through George and we see a lot of his jobs and what he, you know, when he gets them and when he loses them. Uh, and so we previously have known about, you know, his real estate position. Uh, and now this is, obvi- this is obviously the end of that, uh, which I also I would say is really the end of, <laughs> of uh, you know, well-to-do George. We're getting on the downslide of George and him really kind of turning into, I think it's, it's, I think it's in season three when Jerry really starts calling him Biff from A Death, Death of a Salesman. I think that's when it is. We'll find out, obviously, when we get there. But really, like, turning George into this complete failure of a character. Now, he already was neurotic, you know, massively neurotic before, but now he's really kind of this is the start of him kind of
1: going going into failure mode. Yeah, his his downward spiral. <laughs> yeah, no, for for sure. And it is weird. I, I never even think of George ever being a real estate uh, salesperson. Uh, even his boss in that. That office didn't even sort of feel like a real estate <laughs> no. office, at least none that I've ever seen. It kind of felt like more like I don't know, big business or something. I don't know. But yeah, it it's it's I never think of George as like a successful businessman. I always think of him as, you know, either either working for the Yankees and just totally, you know, mm-hmm. going crazy there or, you know, being a just completely, you know, moron, you know. So yeah, yeah I, I'm kinda glad that they they took George out of a this kind of environment really quick ascent, you know pretty much right away if, if you look at the entire series as a whole this is pretty quick that they pulled they made a, a change of like this on a character for george mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, agreed uh, so we are at then we cut to jerry's apartment and kramer comes in and tells us all about his friend newman who apparently uh wants to jump you know has jumped off the building and wants to kill himself and this is the absolute first mention of newman Of course, we come to know Wayne Knight as new and down the line, but here is the start of the writers
1: trying to figure out whoever this character is or wanting to introduce another friend for Kramer. It's interesting, too, because as we all know, uh, Newman's a postal worker. He's a mailman. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, you know, Jerry asks, why does Newman want to kill himself? And Kramer mm-hmm. says, because he's got no job and he's got no girls. You know, like, he he's essentially a loser. But I noticed, like, oh, he's got no jobs. Okay, at this point, you know, the character was not a mailman. And I guess, mm-hmm. I don't know, you could assume that he became a mailman in between this episode. And you know when they actually first properly introduce them, but nah, let's like this is just kind of like a sort a, of a write-off, if you will. You know, I agree, I
0: agree. I don't think this is really part of the canon that is Newman. <laughs> yeah, the new
1: the Newman canon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I always uh, felt that you know Newman. Newman was definitely a mailman for, you know, longer than just, like, a year before we met him. You know, he's been a mailman for a long time. Yeah,
1: he's been a mailman, like, his his entire life. And even before we just watched this episode, I I know that they mentioned Newman in it, but I never even, like, think about this being, like, a Newman episode, you know? No, but it is totally interesting that this is the first mention of that name. Yeah. uh, That will become a much
0: bigger character down the line. Uh, We do get some really good dark humor. Yeah. what what I just just a lot of the jokes that Jerry uh, says about, you know, Newman and things like that. It just, again, kind of comes back to
1: the stand up at the beginning, uh, which makes me really happy. Well, he even tells even when when Kramer's you know, yes, Kramer. You know what did you what you say to him? He goes, "I said jump." <laughs> I love that. I, I actually t- I took a picture of that for uh for my Instagram because I was like I loved how he just delivered that. He's like, "I, I said jump." <laughs> yeah, uh, and they've fairly
0: quickly transitioned to uh, Jerry wanting to t- drop off his laundry uh, to get his laundry done as opposed to doing it himself. And Kramer wants to add his clothes into the mix. And Jerry just being the just way too fucking nice of a guy he is. He lets Kramer. Uh, you know, let you know, let Kramer's boys mix in with his boys.
1: <laughs> yeah, but not without a little bit of you know pushback because I mean, they I know they've sort of established it prior you know that he's a little bit of a germaphobe but I like how they're they're building off of that it it just kind of keeps going and going of course it'll culminate into the whole uh, episode where uh, Kramer has some of his blood in Jerry you know so like there's Mm -hmm. they're starting layering in this idea that you know even though Jerry loves Kramer obviously you know they're friends and everything but like (laughs) he still views Kramer as like almost like another life form and he you know he said that before he called him a pod person so and it's, 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 it's like this like Germophobia, but at the same time it's not it's not so much germophobia. You get the sense that he just doesn't want to be uh infected by Kramer's craziness, I think. I don't think it's so mm. much like he thinks Kramer's dirty. I think he thinks that he's gonna like become become Kramer. I think that's his actual fear. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that's, that's
0: valid. Uh so we cut to the laundromat, which I find interesting. This is not the same. Uh, coin laundromat that they were at in episode one. This is also not the same dry cleaner. You know, the, a lot of the places that you drop off clothes for them to do your clothes for you are a dry cleaner. This is not the same dry cleaner that we saw before. You know, the from the episode that the guy had the, the miniaturized his shirt. That kind of stuff. (laughs) So Jerry just goes to a lot of different laundry places, apparently, because also there was just a different dry cleaner slash laundry person that he goes to with Courtney Cox way down the line later. Like he has he has so many different dry cleaning options and clothes cleaning options uh, for around
1: his apartment, apparently case you were curious even in my head though thinking back to the pilot and everything like i still think it's the same laundromat in my head because i think they both had like sort of a brown mm. drab color to it and even though i literally just watched this episode in my head i still sort of picture them the same laundromat but we never really see a laundromat again after this
0: no they're they're two totally very different sets so there's there's no way <laughs> and,
1: and you're 100 right yes yeah, so they are different sets but my in my head they just kind of got homogenized you know put together
0: fair enough uh so George kind of like just appears there. He just <laughs> found him found Jerry there, which is just kind of funny. Yeah, no, and, and Jerry's reaction was great too. So George kind of tells him about him quitting. Uh really he's quitting because he's not able to use a private bathroom. And it's just like just shows, you know, George, what a fucking idiot to quit his job. But I guess that was probably the final straw that broke um, you know, the back that needed uh that George needed to, to get out of there. Um and we kind of end the scene with, you know, Jerry being like, well, what are you going to do? And so we fade to Jerry's apartment where George is trying to figure out, uh, you know, he's just kind of like naming off shit that he likes and, you know, what he thinks he could do. And the, the first thing he says is, you know, sports – I love sports, I could do something in sports, which, you know, immediately clicks to my head of like, oh, fuck yeah, man, you're going to work for the Yankees later. I I do love that, you know, he eventually does get to work in sports.
1: Except here, he was like, well, maybe I'll be a general manager. (laughs) Or Now, real quick before we get into this scene, because this scene is fantastic, and it's classic, classic Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you think, as an editor, uh, by trade and profession, what did you think of the transition between the, uh, you know, the the laundromat and here, like how it was like sort of like on George's face. I was like, that was actually pretty good for Seinfeld. I like that transition.
0: Exactly. It stayed on, on him and then it cross-dissolved to uh you know him at jerry's apartment yeah no no that was solid
1: i agree and you, right. you don't get a lot of fancy like transitions like that in seinfeld i i don't feel like so i, I kind of noticed it and you know enjoyed it
0: far from what i ever call a, a cross dissolve a fancy transition but <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever you want to say <laughs> touche but you're correct usually usually it is hard cut hard cut hard cut uh, in seinfeld for sure um so as you mentioned, uh, yes, uh, George is just keeps kind of coming up with like ridiculous ideas—GM of the of a baseball team, a talk show host, shit like that. You know, he, he's things that are never going to happen. He is not a realistic man, that's for sure. Um, you know, so he's kind of realizing, okay, this this could have been a mistake. Uh, and Jerry comes up with the idea that George should just pretend like nothing's ever happened. You know what? You know, if this was a mistake, just fucking walk back in. And uh, George is into it. Uh, so he's he's up for it but before we get there we've got a stand-up bit in the middle
1: so we can we get a fun little stand-up bit where Jerry talks about you know one of the few times that he's ever actually worked in an office and he's like you know it's interesting how you know you have to say hi, hi to everyone in the morning of course you greet them but then you know you could just be walking to the bathroom or something 10 minutes later and you still have to like say hey how's it going and then like you know by the end of the day you got to come up with all these different you know new ways to say hi and you raise your eyebrow or you say hey Jimbo you know and then basically Basically, it's just like, why do we have to keep saying hi to somebody, even though we saw them right when we got there? Uh, honestly, I like that one. As someone, you know, who's worked in offices mm-hmm. his whole life, I was like, you know what? That's actually pretty fucking true. <laughs> and, uh, but it was short and sweet and, you know, got it, yeah. it got to the point and got out, basically.
0: Uh, so I imagine we're back from commercial now as well. Uh, George goes back to work in the morning staff meeting, uh, you know, just as he kind of planned with Jerry. And we see this loud annoying lady when he's get there and she kind of like kind of like calling him out but not really calling him. she's just loud annoying and i love that we're going to get her back a little bit later but i just kind of wanted to mention her as a as a little seed that will grow afterwards uh, later on in the episode um the boss comes in and he is a misogynistic asshole uh you know he is making these comments to the some of the women there and it's just like oh fuck you
1: you sexist pig you know i i, I want to kick you in the nuts yeah, he says um, oh shoot, I I wrote it down. He goes like he asked the the one, you know, young lady, the the more attractive one. She's like, "What did you do this week?" And she's like, "Oh, I got tied up." And He's like, "I bet you did." And I wrote down in big bold letters sexual harassment. Like you could yes. not say that at all today. Well, you should never have said that to begin mm-hmm. with, but they got away with it in the 80s and 90s and and you know, yeah. pretty much all the way up until, you know, relatively recently. Yeah, uh, but it's good to kind of go back and be like fuck these guys. <laughs> fuck these kind of guys. That's what makes like his comeuppance, you know, so, so, yes. so good, you know, because yeah, he is a piece of shit. And that's, that's the point. Yeah. He's a, he's a crappy boss. He's a piece of shit boss. He's slimy, slimy as hell. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, he does a good job of us hating him.
0: You know, we're supposed to, and we do, and it works well. Uh, so he notices George in the meeting and, you know, he's obviously not happy about it. And he wants to george to fucking go uh and what i like though is pretty much at the end of it uh when he just pretty much tells george you know that that you know you can't win you can't beat me that's why i'm here and you're there i'm a winner i'll always be a winner you'll always be a loser he just really won it works on a couple different levels because i don't know Part of it is kind of true, because George is kind of a fucking loser, Uh, but also it just really makes me dislike the guy, again, because he's just kind of really shoving it in fucking George's face, and we want him to get his comeuppance that, you know, we we
1: might get later. Yeah, I mean, he decimates George right (laughs) right there on the spot where George has no comeback whatsoever and the funny thing is we don't even get a sense I think at this point that George is that much of a loser but that would definitely apply to George later you know Mm -hmm. so maybe that guy just tapped into something about George that you know (laughs) was no one else could really see at the time maybe yes
0: He had a premonition of George to come. Yeah. So we cut to the laundry place. Uh, George is upset, you know, and he's scheming uh, and he's just trying to figure out what the fuck to do. And he comes up with the idea to roofie his boss. At the party. You know, he uses the phrase, slip him a Mickey, which, if anybody doesn't know, a Mickey is a fucking roofie. He's going to roofie him.
1: (laughs) And, and yes, and if you don't know what that means, it means you, it's a, it's, it's quote unquote the date rape drug where it basically knocks him out. When you mix it with alcohol, it just knocks the person out. So he's going to drink this at his party or whatever. He's going to, and he's going to just basically fall over. And George is probably not going to molest him, but, you know, he's going to knock him out, essentially.
0: Yeah, he's not going to do the Cosby treatment. Hey, I said it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But he
0: is, you know, uh, he's using, which is a ridiculous, I don't know, to think that this this is a good, um, you know, form of comeback, a form of, uh, you know, revenge. uh, To me, it just seems idiotic. Like, I I wouldn't. I don't feel like this is, this would be a good revenge. I don't know if you had to do something like this, what would you do to your former boss?
1: I, I mean, I I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do something that I could go to <laughs> go to jail for. I mean, shit. Like I don't know, put a put a banana in his tailpipe or something. Like uh, like hey, man, man, I, nobody puts a banana in his tailpipe. <laughs> like fucking Beverly Hills cop man <laughs> Exactly.
0: Well to me to me this isn't the, it'd be stupid. You know, I don't think he really would kill over cuz one also Mickey's and Roofie's don't really work that way. You know, it's kind of like a slow, you know, turn go to blackout, but it's not like an immediate thing. I don't think granted I've never had one, I've never used one, whatever, but what I would do is I would find the most potent laxative I could find and put it into his drink that would be a much
1: funnier thing oh dude that's uh you put eye drops just put eye drops in the, uh, yeah. oh there you go yeah there you go boom two two drops of eye drops and he fucking has to, he shits himself at the party like boom that's even better that's so
0: much better than him like oh whatever this asshole got too drunk at the party and he passed out I feel he's done that before as the boss and he doesn't give a shit but has he shit himself <laughs> now that would be fucking gold baby
1: <laughs> <laughs> dude we're like what was that movie where like all they do is get revenge with
0: <laughs> no is that horror is that Horrible bosses,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much what he should do. That, but yeah, dude, we fixed it right. We fixed it right there, and then you wouldn't even have to like, like, like go and try to get a Mickey. And even says, "I got a Mickey guy." I'm like, first off, okay, I don't have a Mickey guy. Like, where, where do you have a hardcore (laughs) drug guy? You know, like Jesus. But yeah, dude, that's it's a little dark when you think about it, especially in a post Cosby world. (laughs) You know, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Rewatching it now, it's just you know, you don't make those jokes. I don't think as nonchalantly anymore. But that's also partly why I. Love Seinfeld because even back then you didn't you weren't supposed to make those jokes so nonchalantly and Seinfeld did and that's why I fucking love it and that's why I love rewatching it
1: too because God I love dark humor because when when it's two friends like you know you and I just talking to each yeah. other like off the podcast we can say anything we want because like a it's a, mm-hmm. it's a safe zone between the two of us so no big deal and 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 b it's like it's just, you can have fun so like this. There was no B to that. It was just you're wearing a safe zone. But it's it, it's this is the kind of show where you get to see that sort of inside look into friendships, and you know the same could be said about Friends, the the show Friends, but in truth like my sense of humor my sarcasm my you know I I like dark humor that's why I gravitated towards Seinfeld because they Mm -hmm. said shit to each other that like I would say to my friends you know and we wouldn't care about like you know if it was politically correct or whatever you know you just I don't know these were more like my friends maybe I had shitty friends (laughs) growing up I mean speaking
0: of our friendship I did find it funny anytime uh you know we text or, or you call or whatever um, I, I need to change your name in my phone. Your name still says Corey, and then in parentheses, Jeff's friend, because we met through a mutual friend. I mean, now we are legitimately friends together, so it's like I should be able to get rid of that and just know who you are, but like I first put your number in as Jeff's friend, and I, I haven't changed it since.
1: <laughs> That's all right. You were, uh, you were in there as Adam, quote-unquote podcaster. <laughs> <So>, Podcast? <yeah. laughs> okay. So we all have our little, uh, <laughs> our little things. Yes.
0: There we go. Uh all right. Uh Elaine apparently is going to help out in this um, you know, illegal activity, for sure. Uh ma- mainly because he's a sexist ass- asshole, but also because he doesn't recycle. And I li- like, like that they made a kind of a joke about that. Just like, oh, she knows he's a sexist asshole, but she doesn't know that he doesn't recycle. <laughs> and that's what tips the scales <laughs> yeah, for the, her.
1: The lesser of the two is what actually tips the scales.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But for Elaine, you know, she's very, uh, very green, very, um, you know, uh, social justice warrior kind of to an extent and all recycling and and everything as well. So uh, it's just, it it works well. It's good. It's good humor as well. Um, At the apartment, Kramer comes in and tells Jerry that, well, Newman did it. He jumped. uh, And we get a fantastic dark humor joke here where uh, Newman apparently called Kramer beforehand and Kramer told him, you know, to wave as he goes by. You know, that, that is hilarious. But then Jerry takes it up a notch later and says, well, did he wave?
1: <laughs> it's just,
0: you know, as opposed to being worried about, you know, if this guy legitimately is dead or not, Jerry's like, well, did you get the wave that you... <laughs>
1: You asked for? I, I love uh. that line. I love that interaction. And I think that mm-hmm. probably, all right, this probably best illustrates what I was just trying to say a few minutes ago. That is the response that I would give if you and I were talking about the exact same scenario, yeah. like, <laughs> off of the podcast, like, you know, not being recorded. My reaction genuine would be like, mm, well, okay, so did, did he wave? And that's <laughs> why this this show resonates with me more than, like, Friends ever did. Even though I loved, I mm-hmm. do love Friends but this show always just grabbed me. It just it just hooked me because I was like, yeah, no, I get it. That's that's the that is the correct response. Did he wave? That's the right response.
0: I'm going to say this now. Friends is not as rewatchable as Seinfeld. Not even close. Now I've seen Friends multiple times uh, over and over again, but that show I end up hating certain characters more and more and more. Like not in a good way. Like you know, I hate some of the characters from Seinfeld. Um, you know, the way that I'm supposed to. In Friends, I hate people that they want us to root for, and I'm like, fuck you, you're the worst character ever. I hate you. You should not have ended up with Rachel because you're a fucking tool, Ross. I hate you. She doesn't deserve, or you don't deserve her. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, so anyway...
1: Friends is not as good as Seinfeld. Boom, I said it. I <laughs> uh, dude, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm I'm 100% with you. I might like it a little bit more than you, but I'm definitely definitely with you on that.
0: All right. So, uh let's reel it back into Newman. Uh, Newman apparently only jumped from the second floor and he was fine and he was he's was, like sprawled out pretending he was hurt, but he really wasn't. Uh, and then very randomly Jerry remembers that he had fifteen hundred dollars that he hid in his laundry bag like a, like a fucking idiot who hides fifteen hundred dollars in a laundry bag one who hides fifteen hundred dollars in their house in general uh, as opposed to I mean well I guess you could but like not in your laundry bag that you know you will take out.
1: Like that's a terrible place. I, I can't relate to that. I I was like, uh, okay, sure. I even I even wrote that down. Who who hides fifteen hundred dollars in a bag? I'm like, okay, yeah, And yeah. it's it's the specific like hiding. It. I could understand if it's like, oh no, it was in my pants. You know, I forgot to take yes. it out. He's like, no, I was hiding it in the bag. I'm like, okay, from whom? Like, what? yeah, Kramer. Kramer. The the answer is Kramer. The answer is probably Kramer. <laughs>
0: yes. But you're right, though. It's very not relatable. Like, you know, not many people have fifteen hundred dollars cash that they have just sitting around, um, you know, that they can hide. But also, yeah, who the fuck hides it? Yeah, it makes more sense. Like, oh, I just I was going to take it to the bank and I left it in my pockets. That would have made more fucking sense if they said that. Yeah. All right. So they go back to the laundry place and they're kind of grilling the guy for the money. He says, you know, he didn't have it, but they don't believe him. And so there's a, you know, good little back and forth. Um, But basically, you know, he denies it and they're pissed off. Um, At the uh, party, we get to the party and George points out the boss to Elaine. And we got a good little bit here where it's kind of the party and... Jerry and Kramer and what they're going to be doing to kind of get back at this owner of the laundromat that they don't believe is intercut kind of like, you know, kind of the scenes kind of being cut back and forth, which I think works pretty well. You know, both of them are having their revenge in the name of the episode. Uh, and so they're, they're showing those scenes, you know, basically, you know, as they progress together, which I think is a, g- a good way to edit it.
1: Yeah, and I it made it exciting. I like that. It made note-taking harder <laughs> cuz I cuz the way I take notes, I kind of break them into the scene I'm like, "Oh shit, I got to go back to this scene." Oh shit, okay, this scene. <laughs> yeah. It just it, I, it just means I had to pause more, that's all.
0: Yeah, well I think we you know, we'll just we'll just kind of talk as they as they go through it, but um what basically what Jerry and Kramer come up with is they're going to pour cement into the guy's washing machines to fuck up his machines to kind of, like, get back at, hey, you stole $1,500 from us. We're going to fuck up your machines.
1: And and I love how Jerry made a Superman reference. He goes, he calls Kramer yes. Lex Luthor, and he's like, if you could only put that mind of yours to, like, better use. And I was like, oh, man, like, almost every episode has had pretty much had a, a comic book reference.
0: Yeah, there have been a lot of comic book references, I agree. And it is always kind of nice to, to see a Seinfeld or a Superman one just because we know how much Jerry does enjoy uh, superman
1: well and, and the cool thing is too he doesn't say like lex luther from superman he he mm-hmm. just says lex luther and that's i think this is where the transition starts happening in pop culture where you can just start talking about these characters and just you just assume that everyone knows it because they do whereas i feel like before that they wouldn't have even put in the reference into the show you know like this is where yeah. like po- like pop culture started becoming like or even geek culture become started becoming mainstream was through seinfeld
0: no, they're they're giving their audience credit and and I appreciate that. Yep. Uh we do get some funny scenes and funny shots of just Kramer doing his fantastic physical humor as he's like, you know, trying to drop in the cement uh into the washing machines. It's just it's just fantastic. Jerry's trying to distract the main guy and it all just works very funny. You know, it is it is a great
1: scene. I laughed out loud when he came back, and it was like all over his face. He's like, "I didn't know the box was full," or whatever he said. Even he was trying not to laugh. You could tell, Michael Richards. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and and I always love that. Anytime in Seinfeld where it looks like Jerry's going to like laugh at his own joke, always makes it funnier to me. Um, but that whole scene with him attempting to to put the the cement in in the laundry machine, I was dying on on the couch. I love that scene. I thought it was fantastic.
0: Good. You're good.
1: Uh, so back at the party, Elaine's trying
0: to distract the boss and initially it's not really working, and then she decides to go the nudist colony route, and she tells him that she's gonna be visiting a nudist colony, which, you know, he's a misogynist who obviously that is gonna do the trick. Granted, that would do the trick for a lot of males. Uh, period, I you know, this would get people's attention, that's for damn sure, um, and so George is trying to sneak up close so he can slip him the Mickey, and we get that loud-ass, red-headed woman who comes and sits right next to the boss, and it, to me, we get a fantastic little back-and-forth between... George and the lady um, where first she kind of just like, no, fuck you. I'm not moving, Um, you know, without saying, fuck you. She's just being loud and annoying. And so he kind of whimpers off and then he comes back stronger than ever. And he gives a fantastic line where he says, I'm counting to three. And the wig is coming off, and he counts <laughs> one, and she fucking bolts, man. She one, she says it's not a wig, and then he counts, and then
1: she <laughs> she she goes. That was rare form. That was rare form for George. Mm. He was he was he knew what he had to do, and he just he stood by his guns. I feel like he, yeah. that's like a moment of greatness for him, <laughs> and they don't happen, it, is, it is they don't happen too often for George, but he <laughs> he did it there. He did it. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's typically not super motivated with anything, but at this moment, he really wants to. He wants to you know, roofie his old boss, and and so <laughs> he stands up to her, and it's it's awesome. Um, so uh all right, so Elaine is kind of still working on him, working on the boss, and she has him close his eyes, and this is where George slips him the Mickey, and you know, in a turn, uh, the the boss is just super happy because he's talking to this. Lady who's a nudist and who wants him to come over and, you know, do whatever and just, you know, have some have a wild night of uh, fun, crazy sex. And so he's like, all right, I'm in such a good mood. You know, we're going to let George, you know, have his job back. And so he kind of talks out to the entire group at the the entire office at the party and says, you know, all right, we're going to we're going to let our shrimpy friend have his job back, which George was all, they're all like, oh shit, you know, let's try not to slip the mickey anymore, don't drink that, until he calls him a shrimpy person, a shrimpy friend, and then George is like, drink up! (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then, you know, and then we cut to Jerry's apartment, uh, (laughs) you know, and we get the exact same type of scene that we saw earlier, where George is trying to figure out what to do. This time, Elaine is there, so it immediately shows us, all right, George either got caught with the whole Mickey thing, uh, that revenge or the revenge worked perfectly, and the boss did find out, and uh, and that was that. Um, and so, yeah, he obviously doesn't have his job back. Um, Kramer ends up walking in, and he has the money. Apparently, it was in his batch of laundry, which Jerry originally, uh, from an earlier scene, which we didn't really talk about, he separates. Kramer's laundry from his just so the boys don't touch it like that. Uh and so he had the money on accident, and so they feel bad because apparently they cost almost that exact full amount worth of damage to the machine,
1: so they're gonna go pay for that. Which which they should because that yes. that guy had fifteen hundred dollars in his hands and he didn't keep it. Like he didn't wash it, he took it out, he kept like track of it, and then he put it back in. Granted, it was the wrong bag, but it was the same customer. So uh, that dude. Was a fantastic, uh, uh, sto- like you know, business owner. He his customers mm-hmm. came first. They did him dirty. They did him wrong. They did. They did. Uh, so at this point, we hear quote unquote
0: Newman screaming from the roof. He's at the top of the roof, and he's going to jump this time. And who is obviously playing our Newman? It is not Wayne Knight. No, no, no. This is the voice of Larry David.
1: Yeah, I knew you were
0: gonna catch that.
1: I was gonna just wait and mm-hmm. wait and hear you pop it. So yeah, yeah. Good old Larry David.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember. Have we seen him or hear heard him yet on the show? Maybe
1: we're gonna see him next episode.
0: Yes. But we, but I don't think we've really even heard him before.
1: Yeah, we we might have we there might have been a little like a little something. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've we heard, but this was definitely definitely a a, a big Larry David moment <laughs> in this season.
0: Yeah. So there's a little back and forth between you know is he going to jump? But he he does he ends up not jumping, and they all kind of leave the apartment. And uh, George is still in the apartment, just trying to figure out what to do. Uh, and he's you know comes and he ends the the show basically with a Oh, it, it's probably a union thing, which is a line that they had earlier about, you know, as he's trying to figure out jobs, you know, uh, oh, it's he has to probably get into a union to do those jobs. Eh, it's okay. Uh, and the, as the credits roll, uh, we have another stand-up scene.
1: Yep, and this one is also kind of ties back to what Jerry said earlier to George, which is, um you know, the best revenge is is living well, and George was like, well, that's never going to happen. That was like uh, when they were in the laundromat, we told him that, you know, he quit. So this, the stand-up is like, oh, but, you know, what if you applied that, essentially, what if you applied applied... applied that to somebody like charles bronson in death wish right where your whole family gets murdered and then the best revenge is living well and he he cites like oh you know instead of you know charles bronson instead of going out there and killing all those punks you know if he just gets a nice car and a nice job he goes like that'll show those punks and i was like eh yeah that was okay that wasn't the best uh stand-up it wasn't the strongest ending stand-up but again it does it, it tied back really well i guess It tied back to the episode better than it actually being a good stand-up on its own. So I get why they put it in there, but it just wasn't that funny. No,
0: I agree. Uh, All right, so let's go over our general discussion on the episode, our final thoughts. Uh, And I'll go ahead and start for for my thoughts, if that's okay with you, sir. Of course, buddy. Okay. I am just Jeff's friend after all. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, All right. So I I thought this was a decent episode, and I'm only going to call it a decent one. I wouldn't call it great. Um, As you put it before, I I always feel like this episode is a little bit off. It's a little bit... Just there's a little bit of something different about it, and I don't think really in a good way. I think there are some solid moments. I think Kramer's physical comedy uh, is really good. I think George's idiocy about kind of going back to work is pretty funny, and you know him kind of talking about what he could do and he just being an idiot is funny. Um, but overall, I think this is a lower tier episode. I think it's middle of the pack to lower tier. Uh, it's one I would kind of yeah definitely rank in that very definite you know middle quality, and so I'm I'm giving it. 2.5 out of 5 mickeys. You know, right <laughs> in the absolute center.
1: So you kind of just get tired but you don't actually pass out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're having like a half a mickey, you know. It's <laughs> you're yeah that's exactly it. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I, I'm with you, man. It wasn't my favorite. Like growing up, um, I, I remember it, and it has some pivotal moments. That scene with George and Jerry talking about what George, you know, should do—that's a very famous Seinfeld scene. People still reference it. It still like pops up in memes and you know and stuff like that. But that's that's kind of like my favorite part of this like episode. And for me, mm-hmm. you know, like you touched on and I mentioned earlier, you know, it was it starts out weird, but also it's the fact that. Uh, George Elaine, they're doing their thing. Kramer and Jerry are doing their thing. I, I don't love it when the gang isn't all together, and they can do their separate things occasionally. But they weren't even together until the very end in this one. So for me, that was like something that really threw it off. But um, as far as the rating goes, yeah, I'm, I'm. It's middle of the road. Uh, if it, co- if it comes on, obviously I'll never change the channel. But you know, I probably won't <laughs> really like pay attention to this one again. You know, I'll be like, yeah, it's, it's this one it's it's always you know kind of meh
0: yeah it is it is unequivocally it is watchable but when you compare it to other seinfelds it just doesn't stack up
1: really which is a shame because it does have some some good stuff in it but yeah. it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. that strong as as an overall episode Mm-mm. yeah never gonna skip it but you know it's it's okay you yep. watch through it yep exactly
0: all right buddy well that is the end of our episode could you please tell us where are you in this wild,
1: wild world of the internet? <laughs> oh, man, the interwebs. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. I'm at Corey Nation. Uh, podcast wise you can find me weekly on the NSFW Gamer podcast with my buddy Noah we talk about video games and pop culture Um, I have a uh, horror slash cult movie podcast coming by the time you're listening to this it should be this month it's called podcasting after dark and it's actually a part of the blast from our past network Uh, so you guys will you know you'll you'll hear ads for it around uh, here and there Um, but look for that soon that's with my buddy Zach and uh, Adam where can we find you my friend
0: well as you mentioned the uh, blast from our past podcast that is also part of the blast from our past network uh, is where I am mostly found you can find me talking all things nostalgia with my brother Corey is on there quite often as well and and a multitude types of episodes Uh, and you can find us you know check us out on Instagram we post daily uh, usually quotes from whatever we just talked about on the episode that just came out and I'm most uh, you know I'm on there uh, and like and rate and review and do all that good stuff you know what to do go to apple podcasts and then find cartwrights a seinfeld podcast find blast from our past find us nsfw find podcasting after dark find whatever the hell rate and review every single podcast ever but make sure to give us fives how about that guys
1: yeah just just make sure you give us better reviews than the revenge <laughs> yeah please